Oh god. What the fuck is happening right here? Oh, this is the best day of my life. I'm going to go. I'm like going down the farm. There's a blue girl in the dummy car. Yeah, what he said. Welcome to Chumming Up, uh, the fishing, spearing and ocean adventure podcast that is taken Romania by storm. They absolutely love us over there. I am Comrade Squirrely and with me, as always, except for when he's not, is my co-host, Lee, Lee Wild Comrade Mitchell. How you going? Yeah, good Squirrely, good to be here. Yeah. Is, is Romania communist or... I don't know. I don't even know where Romania is. Yeah, we got to get a better hold on our demographic <laughs> for this. <laughs> anyway, before I introduce our guest, because we got a big podcast, uh, I do know you've been pretty busy the last couple of weeks. Uh, before we get on to that, I think uh, your youngest bloke got his first stripe marlin. Yep, first stripe, yep. And your missus Nikki got a blue. She got a blue, yep. Blue? Yep. And I know when I was out with you, I seen the biggest blue marlin I've ever seen in my life by a mile. Yeah, seen him, but that doesn't really help us that much, does it? Uh, it's as good as I get. <laughs> I see I don't catch. Anyway, you excited about tonight? Very excited, yep. Got a cracker guest on tonight. Yeah, hope so. Anyway, without any further ado, uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, this guy is the owner, operator, and... Founder as well, because they're the same thing. Of <laughs> <laughs> Unstruck Charters, welcome to the podcast, uh, Josh Brunzeel. Hi, Squirrely. Thanks for having us on. Cheers, and, uh, mate. Lee, I want to hear about this big blue that you've seen. Well, <laughs> we've seen it, and then we didn't catch it. Did so, you hook it? Uh, for, for me stats, we hooked it, but we had it on, took about five metres of string, had it on for about two seconds. The ratchet went on the 80 wide, and that was the whole fight. Big, oh, no, nah, it was shaking its head a bit. Yeah, it... It had the lure without taking any drag for a fair while. It, like, had so much of its body out of the water to grab the lure. And, like, you know where you just see a fish and you just got goosebumps and you, you don't do anything. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. What's, your call? What's your call? Come on. Oh, I don't know. Over, Big, the, over the magic mark? Need bigger arms it, to... If it's, if it's not, then I don't have a good enough imagination. You never one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I think we, we had a first-time angler uh, strapped up, ready to go, and I think we both thought we're not getting that fish anyway. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's always cool to see a big one. Yeah, mm. that was it. So uh, how about yourself? Uh, your, your year as a charter operator would have been as strange as any. Yeah, 2020 was a crazy year, sort of just after coming off the back of GameX. Um, having a good comp there and then having the, the whole world shut down and our and our industry close up. Uh, it was definitely, you know, a, a, from hero to zero. So if we were having a great comp and then three days later, everything pretty much closed up and we had no work for two months because no one could get to Exmouth. So it was a massive extremes, pretty stressful for the family and uh, worried that you're going to get, you know, a few guys employed and keep four boats running and, and worried that it was going to last a long time. We're very lucky that it Blew over for a couple in a couple of months for us, so yeah, it's good. Yeah, I mean, uh, talk, talking on that, you were just saying you've got four boats in your fleet. Yep. So I don't know if I call it a fleet. Well, well it's <laughs> definitely what it is. Yeah. What, <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what else? Do you, it's not a pod. It's a posse. posse. <laughs> a pod. <laughs> uh, better than a group. Anyway, your fleet. Uh, so, so you got you got four four boats. What what are they? 
Like, uh, that, that's including my tender. Like, if you really want to go, we can, I've got a kayak as well. We can call five boats now. and I've, you know, Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd climb it. Why not? No, we've, yeah. got, we've got three working boats. So we've got a 20-foot inshore sport fishing boat, which is an ocean whaler, which is for lagoon-style fishing and flats in the Gulf, um, you know, sight-casting sport fish. And then we've got the 30-foot sport fishing boat, which is a Fury, which I've had for a decade now. Um, that's got 600 oh. horses on the back. Does fifty two knots? It's probably my favourite oh, boat. Oh shit! Um, it's it's a beast to drive, and it can do anything. So you can fish the shallows. It can zip along in a metre of water, or you know you can catch big blues out of it. Yep. And then we've got a forty black watch, uh, which is recently repowered. Um, all the fruit on it, you know, from everything from Wi Fi and satellite TV and yep. cell fire boosters and D cell plants and aircon. It's an amazing boat. So very lucky to have a boat for each style of fishing in Exmouth. I don't think. There's an area where we're not covered. Um, you know, we, we can tackle anything from one of our boats. And the fourth boat is just the tender to get out to the big boat. Yeah. <laughs> but you can fish the marina with it. So oh, yeah. I yeah mean, it's good, good for squidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not that but, I like squidding. I hate that. Things. Well, there's a fleet of squidders in fucking Exmouth. If, if there's any a group of people who like to brag about how they fish, it's people who catch squid. Yeah. It's taken pretty seriously. Some of the squid jigs you see in the tackle shops are like 30 bucks when you can get a $1 one that does the same trick. I just don't job. get it. I had a guy on charter, a Japanese fella actually, a couple of years ago, and he hired me to go squid fishing. Right? <laughs> so we're in the lagoon and uh, we're on, you know, this boat's costing just under a couple of grand a day. He's got all, he's got these special Japanese squid rods, whatever they are. <laughs> yeah. Like wh- how different are they to a fishing rod? Um, so anyway, he's, you know, dressed like a Formula One driver, He's got all these fancy rods and, you know, I'm charging him. It's just me and him. We hook these squid. He catches them. And this is the best thing, right? After I take a photo of him with his squid, he releases them. <laughs> catch really? and release just squid. Catch and release squid. Did not want to wow. kill them. Catch and release squid. I don't think I've ever seen that. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the only point of going squidding is to fry the things yeah, up, Yeah, yeah. Right? They're, they're just squid. really good eating and yeah, a little it's like work. catching seaweed. Yeah. Mm. So anyway, so that was an interesting experience. Um, I think he might have fished with some other operators in town too, like went out with a few of us just to catch and release squid. Squid. It's <laughs> a long way to come. That's an easy charter though. Mate, it's the best. <laughs> Except for cleaning the boat. Yeah, it's that's nightmare. true. Oh, yeah, that's where the tinny comes in handy. <laughs> should have taken the tender. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, f- funny you say that with like the Japanese charters because yep. uh, I-, I remember – when I first started as a decky on Blue Horizon, uh, Steve telling me they got um, hired by the original Japanese com- company that uh, made the prototypes for the electric uh, reels yep. that you use, and they just came over, could not speak any English at all. And all, all they did was uh, I think they accidentally caught like a perch on one because it was all shallow water fishing. And it got nailed by an estuary cod and snapped, snapped the rod. <laughs> and then that's all they wanted for the rest of it. And they snapped like rod after rod and that was it. They had a ball and gave uh, – I think they ended up giving them like two of the brand new uh, reels because uh, Steve still had one uh, uh, up until the end there. Yeah, like, right. That's all, all they wanted to see was the rod snap on these big fish. They're right. Yeah. Strange. Yeah, okay. That is strange. Maybe they learnt something from it. Maybe they'll Yeah. Watching the way it snapped. <laughs> That's it. Um, like like you said, uh you did have a pretty 
good start to the year if you if well it's as good as you can get. Uh, the major fishing comp in Exmouth uh, since the start of Exmouth has mm. been GameX. Um, you will manage to win that. Yep. Uh, the tagging overall billfish. Yep. And oh, I think the best part of that was I did the auction and you went for – you bought yourself yeah. in the silent auction without even going to bid. That's right. I never went to – which was the first time that's ever happened to us. I don't know – what happened, but we got passed in really cheap, which is which is fantastic. So what's really cheap? It's under two hundred bucks. One hundred seventy-five bucks. One hundred seventy-five. And when I went bucks. up, when I went up to pay for it, um, the tournament director said, "How's this possible? Like we're going to put this in auction anyway." Yeah, right. Because they came up and told me that they said uh, Josh hasn't gone over, but we're going to put him in anyway. <laughs> So that's what that said. And there was all sorts of talk, like my team hid the sheet under someone else's sheet so no one could bid on it and that sort of thing. And no one knew it was missing because there's 50 boats. And, uh, and, nah, well, because and well, I, cause I remember like just looking through early and I, I seen it and I'm like, oh, that's going to change. And it didn't. It's fantastic. I think the year before we went for 2200 Yeah. And I bought the boat for 175 bucks this time. <laughs> and, and then one, what, the pool's like, can't remember four and a half, five grand. Oh, really? Yeah. That yeah. Oh, oh I guess the numbers were were down because COVID was. Mm. Yeah, they weren't as high as about five grand. I can't remember. Yeah. Plus, also the auctioneer was pretty useless. So <laughs> ah, you did a great job. <laughs> and um, I would have got better. Then there's other cash and prizes and that sort of thing. But with a charter boat, you know, I make the deal with my guys um, that I don't get any prizes. So if we win a tournament, it all goes to the. To the to my clients to the competitors yeah um, and the reason for that is that win or lose I get paid right if these guys are chartering a boat you know if I don't win the tournament I still get my paycheck yeah so if they win um, you know it's all theirs so um they they were very gracious they obviously gave me a good tip yeah they flew in from Victoria I only just met them you know the day prior they've jumped on board never caught a uh, a black marlin or a sailfish before they've done some stripy fishing, you know, live baiting, very different style to what we're yeah. doing here to catch to catch fish. Um, and they had one day pre fish. They did really well. I think our stats were landing twenty two from twenty three bites. Yeah, which was really nice um, for the six That's days. Unreal. Um, and yeah, fishing sort of working really nicely. Um, you know the cogs really sort of meshed uh, smoothly for the for the six days. Uh, three three guys on board plus me and the crewman. Um, so, yeah, it's good. I really enjoyed it. Good, good, good comp, nice weather. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, certainly a strange one. The wife was on the phone to me every afternoon saying, oh, the world's changing around you. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah, said, come on, it's can't, you're making a big thing out of this. Like, this has yeah. got no traction. You know, we've all had swine flu and no one really gave a shit. Yeah. Um, and I'm saying, you know, you, you're, you're watching too much Facebook and Instagram propaganda and so here I am ignoring the world for a week because you're fishing GameX. As you know, you're up early, you're home late, nothing else exists but competing for the week. And then all of a sudden they're talking about cancelling presentation night because you're not allowed to hang out in big groups. So yep. that's sort of when it hit home and I thought, great, the, the, the only time I've won GameX, the first time for me, <laughs> yeah. and they're going to shut down the fucking presentation night. Like, yeah. So um, it was a bit of a laugh and, you know, in hindsight it was, it's all funny. But um, you know, that, that's been my nemesis tournament um, for, for the decade. You know, I've... I've Never fish with it, fish that comp with mates or with crew that I knew and trained with. Um, it was always clients on board. Yeah. So okay. it was really rewarding winning with guys 
that you haven't fished with before. Because yeah. it's quite challenging. <laughs> yeah, but in saying that, your crewman Dan is oh, yeah. obviously an exceptional crewman and used gel well. Yeah. I remember during the tournament you posted some photos of some mid-air tag shots he was pulling <laughs> off and they were, they were something else. Like I've had a go on the tag pole and I've never done any of them ones. They were, they were unbelievable. No, he's very good. And we don't spend a lot of time tagging throughout the year. Um, we only tag in tournaments. So for the, the limited opportunities he gets uh, during the year, um, he's definitely on point. So he knows how to – for a young fella, he knows how to point and shoot, all right? So, <laughs> um, so he's, he's got unusually long arms too, which um, helps with – you know, adds another four foot to the tag pole. Yeah. Um, but, no, he's, re- he's really good. So it's, uh, it, was, it was a nice win. And uh, it was the only comp that we hadn't won in Exmouth. Yeah. So, um, you know, taking out all the others over, over the 10 years – and then, um, yeah, this was the one. So it was, it, was, it was sweet. And to do it with Dan, you know, he's probably uh, the best crewman that I've had. And he's sort of getting his certification this year and coming up through the ranks, going to be driving one of our boats. Uh, we'll be looking for a new young guy. It's, um, it was good to do. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, with, with that, like, like you said, uh, hiring a young bloke and seeing him come up, do you, do you try more for that when you're looking for crew? Is yeah, that- definitely. We've... Um, <laughs> My wife uses the word grooming. I don't know if it's appropriate. <laughs> I don't know if it's the appropriate word. I like to say training. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a bit of grooming. There. Yeah, there's a little bit of grooming. Um, we try and get them when they're in school. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's the, going on the website out of context. Yeah. <laughs> they can do, um, you know, you, these days, the school up here, they can do work experience. So they can come out, hang out, hang out with us while they're in year 10, do some work with us, um, and we can just see if we're cohesive as a team or if they're self-motivated. You know, some 15-year-old kids have got no interest in hard work. Yeah. And then we come across ones <laughs> who are super keen. Yeah. Um, and that's how I started with Jack, another young guy, at 15. And then, you know, through year 11, they choose to stay at school or work for me. And then they come up, we put them on a traineeship, yeah. do a few things and then get their certification sorted out. And same as Dan, you know, he's been with me for years now and it's all started from that young age. So they yeah. need motivation and passion and then the rest can be taught. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, the opportunities through fishing now uh, are probably, yeah, uh, on a different level to um, what they used to be. Oh, definitely. A- a- as far as how many opportunities that it yeah. opens up for you to then go offshore, make big money, uh, stuff like that. I mean, there, there was always the trawlers were making more money and stuff like that. Yeah. But as far as branching out from fishing, if it, if it doesn't turn out that you want to spend your whole life fishing – yeah, you can go drive a tugboat or you can work offshore in oil and gas and well, that's or right. even sport fish um, professionally. You know, in the States or Central America, there's lots of young guys who are, who are you know, highly motivated and, and living the dream. You know, they're over there sport fishing on these uh, big teams and they get a training ground like this as a teenager. You know, they're up yeah. there with a good chance and for a good job over there. Well, that's right. I've seen coming from fishing and then doing a bit of oil and gas work, particularly in the oil and gas industry, they don't work people up through the ranks to drive boats. They want people that already have that experience. And fishing is that perfect platform where you can get a chance to drive and have that experience and then bring it across. But the one thing I've noticed in the fishing industry, because I have my own prawn trawler, we had some kids that were no good at school from Caratha, two, two of them, that come out fishing on our prawn trawler. And then the government actually got onto us and we had to take them off because we didn't have letters from the school and the parents because they were too young. So you actually – and they were, they were two of our best workers that we had at the time. Yeah. So you got these two motivated young guys, no good on the books, 
want to work hard that come through and then it's yeah. gone the other way where the government's held them back. So it's a hard thing, you know, like some, you know, yes, kids are better in school, but some are better in the workforce, you know, get them in there early. It's like doing an apprenticeship. They get their oh, C definitely. time and whatnot. Like both of my young guys, you know, did year 11 and I think they were asked to redo it. Yeah. And then that's the stage where I sort of stepped in and said, look, mate, you can do it over and over again. You're not going to get anywhere. Right, yeah. come and be practical. Work yeah. with knowledge. In three years, you have your certification. You can go drive a tugboat if you want to. Yeah, you can move into oil and gas. And while your while your smelly mates are still doing something in school and and you know working at IGA or not that that's a bad thing, IGA. Yeah, um, but you know what I mean. You can get practical knowledge even if you're not academically bright. If you're motivated and, and practical, then you know the world's your oyster. Well, that that was one thing I always found. As soon as I started decking, or, or at least once I got fairly decent at it, uh, getting another job, even completely outside of the field, was never hard. Like, yeah. pe- people would come out on a charter, see, see how you have to work. And I, I don't think it matters whether it's uh, charter fishing, commercial fishing, or anything like that. If you make it on there, you, you've got go. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's the thing. Again, when I did that short stint in oil and gas – if you worked with someone from the fishing industry, whether it's cray fishing or anything, it was great because they worked hard. You know, you, in every work environment, you'll get someone that's dead wooden sooks, but it wasn't those guys. So, you know, they're like, how good is this? This is way easier than yeah. fishing. That's always the comment, isn't it? When you come from fishing, <laughs> yeah. this is easier. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Do, do you find, uh, I don't know, just in uh, this town, uh, I find it strange the uh, fishing industry, uh, wh- whether it's commercial and charter, seems to be uh, on a lower rung viewed. Like when any ever I see talk about employment or something like that, some of the other marine industries get talked up a bit more than the fishing that seems to actually be training up people like that from school. Is that yeah, is that you, a view? You sort of yeah, definitely. I I feel that way. And even in tourism, WA, and these sorts of promotional videos, there's never mention or even show of of sport fishing or charter fishing in in, in TV advertisements. It's all whale sharks. It's wallabies. Yeah. It's um all the you know Charles Knife Canyon. It's all these eco style tours, which are great. Um, but obviously, there's there is an industry in town which is helping out the young people. Um, it's it's sustainable way of fishing and entertaining people. So yeah, we sort of don't get a mention. It's definitely, um, yeah, flying under the radar. It's almost not trendy. Yeah, it's, well, it's not trendy for a lot of groups, right? Well, well, I think I've I've been watching lately just the talk on accommodation, and it always comes back to where the whale shark people are gonna stay. Yeah, uh, that there never seems to be that that concern when uh, I I started. Uh, in charters uh, we did whale sharking and fishing but probably half the people decking on the whale shark boats were out of Exmouth High School yep um, I could be wrong but I wouldn't think there would be any and if there is there might be very few that have done that in probably the last 10 years mm-hmm. yeah that's right I wouldn't have thought about yeah, that I, haven't know, I don't know I met too many young locals who are, it seems to be a transient population coming in and being staffed in, on the whale shark boats, apart from the owners. and Yeah, but one thing like you said, Josh, with the what's trendy and that, I noticed the other day because we had family up for Christmas, go down to the Ningaloo Centre and they've got a chalkboard there, you know, 
and it says, well, shark season's this time. It says, uh, like, what's on now, basically? Turtles are laying and turtles are hatching. If it was me, the biggest thing going on in this town to me is it's blue marlin season. Like, what? How do they not have on that chalkboard blue marlin season? Like, if you come to town, you got to catch yourself a blue marlin. Yeah. That's what you got to be doing. You if don't you, need to be seeing a turtle lay no eggs. If you go, <laughs> if you, you go to Cairns in the last three months of the year, it's big black marlin season, right? Yeah. You go to, you know, book your tour, book your charter. You know, everyone's pushing it. Here, I mean, we, we were out there the other day, and I think Lee made the comment to myself. It's there's boats everywhere. There's people yeah. coming from everywhere to go blue yep. marlin fishing. And there might be some tourists who come here who want to go blue marlin fishing that don't, do not know it exists. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, you know, the visitor centre could have a big board up saying it's blue marlin season. Mm. Um, the hardest thing then is getting them on a boat um, who can do it. Um, but just to give everyone the opportunity that it's there, it might stim- you know, motivate them to come back the next year. Yeah. You know, well, let's go back and let's do a, yeah. that as a part uh, of our holiday. I mean, we, we just had a few of my Scottish mates, uh, one from uh, that I know from comedy, so he, he came up here for, I think, the second or third time because um, he, he did a trip just watching on uh, Leewald's commercial fishing yep. and then was like, what, what other fishing have you got up there? And we're like, oh, we'll test you out on some marlin and, and took them out for uh, two days. They got, got in trouble with uh, their missuses because yep. – it was supposed to be one day and then they seen what was out there. <laughs> but but like those guys had had no idea what was yeah. out there. I mean at, at the moment we're on, you know, some of the best blue marlin fishing that is going around. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. World class fishing. Yeah. And, and then uh, that probably leads me to uh, the comp that you've uh, – you seem to have dominated in the, the few years I've been taking notice – the, uh, I'm not sure what it's called. What's it called this year? Yeah. <laughs> the, the Better Bill Fish Bonanza, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. That's what it's back to being and that's what it is. Uh, so that that's mainly focused on the sailfish and, and I think, oh, well, you can tell us how many years you won it till he stole it this year. <laughs> yep, uh, <laughs> yeah. He's, I've never seen Fuck. him so happy ever in his life. You've got to let the kids win every now and then, you know, <laughs> otherwise they, uh, they get upset and they stop playing. You know, yeah. if, you don't, if you don't give the outside circle, you, know, you don't have to throw someone a basketball every now and then. They don't yeah. know no, 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 it was, it was Leeds did a good win and, uh, yeah, we, uh, we had a new crew this year, um, which was a tough training ground for them. Um, so first year with a new crew. Um, and yeah, they just couldn't keep up the pace of, of Lee. I think. Um, well, the fishing was a fair bit slower tough, than yeah. normal as yeah. well. And um, you know, we're only a couple of fish behind. I think by the last day, um, not like the eleven fish I beat Lee by last year. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, 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 how many had you gone in a row before oh, that? I, year? I, I couldn't tell you. Three, four, and then I miss a year. Then maybe two, and then I don't think I've been out of the top three in ten years. Yeah. And maybe taking yeah. out half. Oh, this this is just going off my memory because there's there's so much going on. Um, maybe wing six out of the last ten years, and then second for the other two times. And yeah, so okay. I don't think we've done worse than second in ten yeah, years in that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. Okay. Not a bad record. Don't That'd quote be... me on that. 
Yeah, that's no, someone who looks Skel- up the archives and says, oh, you came third in 2001. <laughs> like, you know, it's... I, I have found it's pretty hard to find, like, the archives of anything. You know, we won no, every year. Not, not like it's <laughs> yeah, on the ball. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. we, we won every year for the last two decades. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's one of my favourite forms of fishing, the, the aggregation in the Gulf. Again, world-class fishing. You don't have sailfish bait balling and feeding on the surface where you can cast a bait at a free-feeding billfish. Um, it doesn't happen very in very many places around the world. Um, I've been lucky enough to fish, you know, in Guatemala and Costa Rica and see it over there and sort of their techniques and, and adapting a few styles and using it here. Um, again, it's a world-class fishery that no one knows about. Yeah. You know, we're talking about blue marlin now. It's fantastic. Great numbers, great size fish. The sailfish aggregation is, is just is world-class and it's so accessible. Yeah, anyone yeah. can fish it. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, uh, as the fisho... Yeah, it, ta- it takes skill as the skipper and everything else, but oh, of course, yeah. But mum and dad can go out there in the yeah. afternoon in a little boat, and you can see town. Yeah, right? you can see town yeah. where you're fishing, um, and, and and it's calm in the afternoons. Um, it's a great place for juniors to get their first billfish. And you know, when we first started out, um, not charter fishing, but tournament fishing up here in my private boat, we were using these big reels and lots of line and we just worked out we're not we're not burning more than 50 meters of line on these fish we're staying on top of them and we're now using four thousand size reels you know reels that guys are fishing and catching brim down in the marina with that's what we're casting baits at sailfish it's good fun fishing yeah um and you know no matter your age or, or your ability you can have a lot of fun on those fish but the funny thing that gets me with that particular fishery <clears throat> is i've only been experienced have experienced it over the last three years myself and I've lived in town for a long time and um, I sort of only went and had a go at it because tournament fishing sort of hit home to me it's something I wanted to get good at and I thought oh well I've got to figure out what's going on in there but then once you go and see it it's actually that good but for some reason when you tell people about it and talk about it no one really seems to think it is like no one really gets it until you see it you know what i mean like they just oh yeah but then once you start doing it it's unbelievable like like you said even for me just taking my family out i know for sure it's my kids and my wife's favorite form of fishing yeah and now when we get relatives they ask what time of year to come i just say come october because i can go do two hours in the gulf with you you'll see a whale shark and a, a, a manta ray and a whale and you might catch a fish and you'll love it yeah where else can you and you know, you're sight casting to seven foot of feeding billfish. Yeah. You know, it's, you're creeping up to this animal. It's five metres off the boat. Everyone can see it. And yeah. you're throwing a bait in front of it. You're watching this wild animal turn around and feed. Like yeah. it's, it's awesome. It's like going on safari in Africa and watching a lion feed. It's, you know, it's, it's not behind the boat, you know, like it is west side. Although, you know, if you're teasing a fish up, it's spectacular too. But you're drawing that fish to the boat. This is the other way around. You're finding a fish, which is just cruising around the ocean. Yeah. You know, it's pretty cool to see. We've seen bait balls, you know, with, you know, a dozen f- sailfish on them and we've just pulled up and we've just watched. We haven't thrown a bait. And just yeah. to experience it, it's sort of David Attenborough shit, right? It's, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. It is, yeah. It it's, actually um, is. And, and in a spot that you don't think something like that would be. Like other places around here, you know, they look like something like that, but that's just <laughs> – I, I still don't know why they're there. Ah, uh, bait, I think. Yeah, but I mean, there, there's plenty of bait spots where, where they come up in, in big groups, but... You get I a mean, bit of... You always get a mix of currents in there. Yeah. Like, you, there's always, like, a, a tide with a colour change going in there. So I think you've got a, a northern 
water and a yeah, Western, see, see, I'm Western not water. Smart That's what I reckon. I'm not smart enough to work that out. That's why I just go on other people's boat. Also, <laughs> do what they tell me to do. I mean, they're all theories, but you know, the what from what we know about them, the aggregation comes from up north and moves down into the Gulf. Yep. And where these fish are aggregated off, say the Montes, it's in sixty meters deep or fifty meters of water, where that fish has a lot of room to feed on bait balls throughout the whole water column. Yeah. The reason we're seeing them is because it's sixteen meters deep. Yeah. Right. So there's yep. a lot more chance. There's a lot less water for them to play with. They're pushing bait fish against the surface a lot easier. Yeah. True. That, right? There's three times less water. Yep. So we're seeing three times more bait balls on the surface. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, in saying that, you know, I've fished off Mexico and you see bait balling stripes, you do it in deep water. Yeah, right? yeah. Which is different. But, yeah, the Gulf seems to be quite unique, the way they feed. There is a lot of different types of bait fish too. Yeah. There's yeah. ten different types of, of silvery-looking fish in there. Yeah, yeah. It gets – Gets hard when Leewog tells me which one to bait up. The, right. the silver one the or the other silver one? The silver one with the yellow dot. <laughs> the thing for me is I sort of think the current a bit from the north just because yeah. you can get a smaller size fish and you actually get a different different years classes of fish swim together. Yep. In there you'll get large ones and medium and then smaller. And then as we know from Fraser Island on the east coast, the juvenile black marlin come down and actually get caught in that little cup of a bit. And I suppose the golf's sort of a bit like that. They yeah. sort of, it's the end of the road unless they head out deep and go it's around the corner. Turn around point, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so with that, how many is the most you've caught on a day? Do you know? Um, 29 fish in a day. Is 29 our, sailfish. Yep. Done. Yes. That's so a good day fishing. <laughs> didn't yeah, didn't yeah, want right. the 30? Yeah. <laughs> do you know what it was? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Still remember the clients that gave me the shits. <laughs> they all do. There's an English guy and his father-in-law and his son, right? So there's three generations of family on board. Um, the, the, the middle guy, the dad, he loved his fishing. Son sort of into it and the father-in-law not really interested. Anyway, we've, we've broke the 20 fish mark by lunchtime. Having a fat time, they're complaining hard that their arms are sore. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. And I'm like, come on, guys. And I think... From memory, the best day before that was 21 or 22 fish. I'm like, we're nearly on, on, on record here. Let's, let's keep pushing. And then they said, look, look, all right, let's just beat the record. We're going home. You know, we won't go home. <laughs> and so we've gone through 21, 22. It's all high fives. Yeah, it was the best day we've ever had. Um, you know, we've only left the marina at 8 o'clock in the morning. We've only been on the water four hours. It's included collecting our bait. Um, they're just coming up everywhere. Yep. Um, so I pushed them and I pushed them. And I said, okay, just one more. And, you know, they're like, all right, let's go down. I'm like, okay, let's just move off of here. And the birds will blow up. And I'm like, I stop, I run down, I throw the bait. <laughs> it gets eaten, I pass it to the rod. And they're like looking at me like, fucking like, let's just go. <laughs> you know, it gets to about 2.30 in the afternoon. I'm in the tower and the dad climbs up the ladder and he goes, Josh, take us home. <laughs> oh, shit. And I went, mate, like you're onto something epic here. Yeah, like, yeah. this is it. Yeah. Like, no one experiences this shit. Like, your son's here, your dad's here. This is so cool. And he's like, take us home now. Yeah. I said, okay. So that was it. Back at the ramp, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, 2.30, done. It's always how it happens. It's oh. never, never the group or the person that you want with the fish. Mate, you know, if, when you get that one chance, you're yeah. like, anyone else? Yeah. And if you had four guys or girls who are super keen to, to fish all day until it got dark, you could, yeah. probably have done 60. Yeah. You know, it's um. Yeah, you're not leaving that, and it, yeah. I mean, no, you know, it's sailfish. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it's, it's not 
blue marlin fishing. No, no, it's, not, it's, I mean, it's, not, it's, it's not body cramps and no. all the rest. I mean, it's intense, but I mean, we, we can knock them over quick. If, if guys know what they're doing, you can get them on fast and get, get rid of them fast. Um, you know, and then high numbers is, is where it becomes fun. That sort of rotation and the chase of, of the numbers becomes fun. I remember um, being next to Lee in the final 15 minutes of a tournament, I think two years ago. Three years ago. Lee remembers it well. Yeah, he remembers Well, three every- tournaments ago. He doesn't remember any names. <laughs> he remembers every single day of fishing and especially all of my fuck-ups. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was radio silence on the last day of the last – The first last 15 – Was it the first day? First day. First day, last 15 <clears throat> minutes of the tournament. You get radio silence called so no one else can call in their fish. And we – Tagged six sailfish during radio silence. <laughs> That's yeah. unreal. So within fifteen minutes of tag six, they just the guys were just tagging them. I'd snap them off. You put another bait on. We weren't even moving the boat. You drop it in the water and get eaten. Yeah, and next to the boat, they were coming out from underneath the boat and hitting it. Yeah, and then Lee was probably three or four hundred meters away from memory. Yeah, thinking that he was doing well. <laughs> yeah, I was doing well. So I got <coughs> I got three fish in that same fifteen yeah. minutes. You hack. But I had good. <laughs> I had two adults and my six-year-old son on the boat. So we caught – my six-year-old didn't catch one in that 15 minutes, but he did catch one for the tournament. But we caught three fish with two anglers. Josh had four anglers and his crewmen as well. Ooh. So, you know, really – They live in Kalgoorlie. <laughs> Those guys are in Kalgoorlie. They lived in the desert. But, well, <laughs> the but, desert. But we had the Women same. Day. <laughs> but we had the same thing. Um, there was just for whatever happened, fish just popped up around the boat. Yeah. I actually remember seeing a couple of fish. Might sound ridiculous, sticking their heads out of the water and just looking at me. Yeah. And I'm like, Catch "What me. is happening? Like, if you had a hundred baits, you would have had a hundred fish on it. Yeah, it was ridiculous. ridiculous. And because we were three or four hundred meters from Josh. I was actually looking over at him going, this bloke doesn't even know this is happening right here. <laughs> yeah. This is awesome. But, well, it was ha- but, yeah. the, but the same thing was happening over there, obviously. So. Yeah. And it was yeah. pretty sweet after, you know, radio silence gets called out. You can, you know, keep on logging in these sailfish and there's one more and just one more and just yeah. one more. And it was, yeah. And it was um, you, I remember it well. We were on, before the lines, uh, radio silence, we were on – five fish and you were on 10 fish and we got three and I remember thinking, oh, we've got close to him now and you got six and you still had double the amount of fishes. This And it was like, oh, we oh, just we had, got, you got six. double the amount of people day. remember, Lee, so. We were doing it way easier over <laughs> on my boat. Well, uh, at least you admit it. <laughs> <laughs> it well, it, how does that work on Radio Silence? I'm Because it's so different in that, like, uh, do you, you just call once we're yes. on? so when you're yep. hooked up. So radio silence is for everyone to keep off the radio, no chatter. And if you do happen to hook a fish, you call in your boat name on yeah. strikes hooked up, right? Yeah. And that's it. So if you tag and release one and then get onto another one, you don't have to call hooked correct. up again? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because, okay. Because, I mean, you, you don't really – that doesn't really count much when often. you're marlin fishing. Yeah. yeah. Like – you're hooked up, that means you got one marlin. I think it's what happens is, is, I mean, the way I understand it, the reason you call hooked up is that when it's time's up, it's five o'clock, there goes the buzzer, you're still fighting a fish and the boat next to you doesn't think you're cheating. Yeah, that's right. You you haven't hooked that that. fish after line's out, you've hooked it within the time frame 
Um, so that's where it comes from. But yeah, it is an interesting point, and it's probably not in the rules anywhere. Do you need to keep on calling hooked up? Um, but who really cares? Uh, yeah. I'm putting in a protest for what, what, what year, year was two, it? I don't know. Oh, three years ago. <laughs> three the years prob- ago, protest. The, big, the biggest disappointment for me was because we called Both hooked up. Well, we called hooked up and Josh called hooked up. My biggest disappointment was we called in our tags first. So we called in the three. Yeah. With our chest puffed out, oh, thinking yeah, we're all that. Yeah, and then Josh called in the six and that, that hurt a little then. I don't yeah. remember that. I remember it pretty well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> fishing days and fuck-ups. <laughs> but uh, like those, those numbers there and then this year was down. Yeah. It was a, do you, is, is that a trend or do you think that's just – There's definitely a trend to, to quiet fishing. Um it's <laughs> so much I can say. Um, <laughs> it's funny. The golf will have three or four good years and then it will seem to sort of drop away. Now, if that's the La Nina effect that we're seeing this year, yeah. um, you know, slightly different water temperatures, um, is, 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 is that what we're seeing? Or it's just a natural cyclical thing of not so many fish get pushed down. Um, there still was large numbers of fish coming past the Montebellos and Barrow Island earlier this year, but they didn't seem to show up in the golf. Um, in large numbers. Now, they did that about four years ago, I believe. Yeah. Um, and that was the last time I lost the tournament. Yeah. So on these low fish years. Yeah, when any hack can win it. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, <laughs> no, let's put it out there. Anyone who wins on a low fish year is a no, no. good dreadlocked hack. <laughs> what I'm saying is that um, when it's a tough race, one fish can make a difference in a tournament. But if there's lots of fish to be caught, you, you can sort of build up a lead. Um, the last time we didn't do too well in the comp, we were beat by a boat who caught marlin Westside. They caught three marlin in two days where we caught two sails. Two sails, yeah. yeah. So, um, and that was a tough year. Yeah. So uh, it's definitely – we even went Westside. Did we go Westside this year? Yeah, you did first day. First day we went Westside, um, which is we haven't done in years. Um, and we still got two sails west side, luckily enough. Um, and then sort of with Lee seeing fish in the Gulf, we sort of needed to go back in there and, yeah. and stay uh, next to each other. Um, yeah, so it's, it's an interesting one. And I think I'm um, hoping next year they're all back on and it's all surprise. It's, yeah. I think you can miss the sail aggregation if your finger's not on the pulse. They can turn up a month earlier and disappear a bit earlier. Yeah. Um, although three years ago we were fishing Gamex in the Gulf and still catching sailfish. Yeah. yeah, and that's what interests me a bit, which I've been thinking about. That three years ago, was that was that the GameX after the quiet year in the Gulf? Did they turn up late? Yeah, I'd have to look at the, the records. I've got it all written down. Because obviously it come back from that last quiet year really well. Yeah. And you would and arguably that last quiet year was quieter than this year. If you only got two fish in three days, well, you got four in two days in the golf this year yep. in the same tournament. So, you know, it's fishing better. Yeah, and the tournament <coughs> was different dates uh, this year, um, yeah. sort of a bit later in November. Usually it used to be mid-October, um, but it sort of it ranges from mid-October to early November, the comp dates. Um, there was a lot of reports of sailfish deep into the golf this year, right yeah, down okay. the bottom. Yeah. Um, I know guys who personally hooked them down off Limoth Jetty and south of Limoth Jetty. You know, uh, fish showing up at Cooper Shoal, uh, in front of Bay Arrest, those sorts of things. So deep down into the Gulf. Um, and we've caught 
a lot of sales way south of Exmouth in the Gulf. Um, but this year, I don't know if they were just another next level step down. So, and the, there was a lot of bait this year. And I yeah. think a lot of bait um, can work against this also. It can spread out the, the aggregation. Yeah, if I it's guess. just held up in one area, which is usually just sort of to the, to the west and north of Exmouth Reef area, um, that's where the bait aggregation seems to be, but it was massive this year. It yep. started in August and it went all the way down to December and it went all the way down to the bottom of the top. <coughs> so maybe there's the same amount of fish, they're more spread out. Yeah. So, like, obviously it's a fairly new-ish as, as far as most other fisheries, um, at, at least at how it's been fished. You know, um, do, do you enjoy, like, what, what you've just put through there, there, like, uh, prophecies and stuff like that. Do you do you enjoy that part of? I I think it's similar with blue marlin fishing. Is that uh, you can get knowledge about it, but there's still a lot that people are learning each year. Do you, do you enjoy that part of it, or are you like fuck it? I just wish <laughs> I knew <laughs> so, so that I uh, I can put these people on. Um, no, I st- you're always learning. I think if there's any captain who says he's got things sussed out there. He, he does all the time. If any guy thinks he's got it sussed out, you know, they've got no idea. You're always learning. You, fish behaviour is number one. You know, you're sort of watching how a fish behaves in the spread. Yeah. Or when you're approaching a fish and how you're going to catch that particular fish. You see different behavioural systems all the time. But over sort of 10 or 20 years, it starts making sense how they're acting or why they're acting the way they are when they are. And I think once you can work that out, and especially the sailfish in the Gulf, once you can read bird behaviour, it's yeah, sort of yeah. definitely a big advantage. Um, bird behaviour will have some guys chasing imaginary bait balls off two miles one way, mm-hmm. uh, where you'll find other boats won't go towards a bird aggregation simply the, the way how fast they're flapping their wings. Yeah. Right? So there's, there's a lot of subtle differences um, I can't say too much because Lee's listening. <laughs> um, but, you know, obviously being out there and spending the time, you start realising that if a certain type of bird is doing something, you don't even bother looking anymore. Yeah. And then, then it throws you a curveball. I remember one year you get those current lines out in the Gulf and there's these seagull patches and usually seagulls are nothing much interesting. We had pods of sailfish feeding under squawking seagulls. Yeah, okay. And I'm like, you know, it's just totally left of field, different sort of – so you, you don't ignore – everything or anything but you sort of got to pay more attention to others so yeah no one knows everything yeah apart from lee yeah i i gather that you, you've been on a boat with him if you know that <laughs> i can hear him from my boat i don't yeah. need to be on the boat oh, he's a hack <laughs> <laughs> absolutely robbed you this i didn't year. really um sign up for just this abuse session yeah, yeah, this, is yeah this is what i set it up for <laughs> you thought you thought we were going to gloat in your win. I just wanted someone to back me up. It was uh, a good win. <laughs> no, he's a hack. Um, but uh, you, you obviously fish sails in the Gulf. You yep. fish uh, marlin, blue marlin. Um, you do a lot of bottom fishing, uh, look, looking through your page as well. Yeah. Um, well, is, it feels like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I get that feeling from, from Eddie. It's just something that... Look, you know, we, as a charter operator, you know, it's, you, it's, we're in business too. You know, we need to make money. And certain times of year, there certainly seems, you know, July school holidays, you can just guarantee that everyone wants to go bottom fishing. Yeah. Right? It's, it's sort of that style of demographic of people coming into town 
and all they want to do is catch bottom fish. And it, not to minimise or dumb it down on how easy it is, but it's just boring. It's just yeah. fucking boring. It's not as challenging, is it? That, um, and that's that's where the the boredom comes from. And I mean, my other captain, Captain Ash, is he is like a great bottom fisherman. He stares at that sounder. I don't know what he does to it. It's always turning buttons, right? Yeah. But he loves it. He turns bottom fishing into what I, how I feel about game fishing. Yeah. Right, he tunes it in. He's, he can see a fish fart at three miles away on the bottom yeah. and, and he catches a lot of fish, really good at it. Um, so what I try and do in the master plan is that he does all the bottom fishing. Yeah. So I try and push people towards him. <laughs> yeah. And then I can do stuff that I enjoy. Yeah. Because why not? Yeah. So it, it is like your passion in the sailfishing, fishing, the blue marlin or just – Oh, look, any a sort of, I think. Combination? Yeah, definitely a combination. Bill fishing, people always say, if you get a chance to go fishing on your day off, what do you do? And I say, I'll go bill fishing. Yeah. Right? And it's generally what's going on. Like, at the moment, I'll be blue marlin fishing. If it was October, um, you know, you're sail fishing in the Gulf. And if it's March, you're catching, you know, juvie blacks out the front of Um So definitely that hunting aspect of it. And I like the technicalities. You can make it very easy, um, bill fishing. Um, but you can also be quite technical about it, which is what I enjoy. Yeah. I enjoy the technicality of species. Um, and that's why I also enjoy sort of shallow water sight casting stuff. It's, you know, the hunts there, it's quite technical. But the, the baiting the hooks up like I did all day today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you sort of look at, you glance at your watch and like, come on, let's get the hell out of here. Like, yeah. we, we had a great day, good clients, that sort of thing. You're always happy to catch people fish and I do enjoy it. Um, but, you know, when you're marlin fishing, you're not glancing at your watch. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You sort of look at your watch and go, oh, shit, is it that late? Yeah, I've got to get back soon. Like, you know, the, the, the time flies. Um, so, but everyone's different. You know, some people love their bottom fishing. I understand that. But yeah. It's certainly not my first passion. Yeah, okay. Not, yeah. Like, not like you. Now, that, oh. <laughs> I don't know if any fishing is my first passion. No? No, I just get told to do shit. Oh, I'm just a follower. <laughs> um, I, I didn't ask uh, Eddie this while he was here, but um, obviously Eddie from Peak Sport Fishing and uh, yourself started fairly similar times mm. and then you've both built up to the point where, like, you've pretty much not not got a duopoly on, on the major tournaments here, but... Like the people that are winning it in between are just some dreadlocked hack. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. I don't know. He's not going to be back. Oh, Come on, he's a good guy. I'm taking yeah. every shot I can. Yeah, bloody hell. Um, we can't suicide watch. <laughs> do it. <laughs> no, but but um, do do you enjoy that competition? Do you find it a competition, or are you just focusing on what you do? Is there a bit of all of that? I look, I, I'm competitive by nature. Like I enjoy the competition. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's for nights before a tournament, I can't sleep because I get excited. You know, it's, I love the, the tournament and having someone like Ed to compete against is great. Um, we started a matter of weeks apart, you know, a decade ago, we sort of, I was doing my commercial certification, um, you know, over 10 years ago now. And I knew Ed before from the tackle shop. And uh, he was in the class too. And I said, oh, mate, what are, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, well, what are you doing here? I said, well, I'm, you know, getting my marine qualifications. I'm going to go drive a boat. And he's like, yeah, but what boat? <laughs> I said, oh, well, you know, it's, 
to tell you the truth, I'm getting a centre console built. I'm going to start sport fishing charter boat. Oh, no. And he went, really? So am I. <laughs> I, went for fu- I went home. I remember saying to my wife, for fuck's sake, like, no one's ever done this in Exmouth. Yeah. Here we are committing a you know, quarter of a million bucks and the rest to a boat, which we don't know it's going to work. We don't know if anyone's going to spend money with us. Mm-hmm. And now there's going to be two of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? And um, I don't know if Ed went home at the time. would have been the same oh, situation. What the fuck? Like, how, what are all the chances of starting up? So... There might have been four weeks between our start times and we sort of, you know, from the start we said, okay, well, let's help each other out. You know, let's, let's sort of stay on the same page and, you know, let's not be silly and work against each other, work together for the best of the industry. Um, and I think that we've, we've done that in the last 10 years and, uh, you know, we always have a laugh and have a chuckle about how it's gone and how it's been it built up. Um, I don't think we have a duopoly on the market or, or on tournaments, but um, we certainly... I think we love what we do. I think you've got yep. you to love it. Um, and it's, uh, it's been good. It's been, it's been good 10 years. And, and when I say 10 years, I can't believe it's been 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's been great to have him there. And then we've you know, seen people come and go. And if you want to talk about hacks, there's been a, there's oh, been a couple show up and leave <laughs> to Darwin. And, um, you know, it's a... <laughs> that, that's so targeted. <laughs> I was like, yeah, there's been a few. It was. He was a fucking hack. <laughs> and, um, you know, there's a, there's a few guys who are stuck and, you know, everyone's pretty reasonably friendly at the yeah. boat ramps. Yeah. Well, to- talking Talk about, about boat ramps. Talking about <laughs> boat ramps, this is what I wanted to get through from the start. <laughs> you, you got four boats, all right, and th- this is a topic that needs to be brought up a lot more. Yep. You know, when it comes to boat ramps, what are the rules? Like when you go in there, is it boat order? Like first boat in, second boat lines up, or is it car order? It's it's car order. It's always been car order. It will always be car order. There's only a couple of – this is just – that's the way thing. it is. You shut uh, up, you hack, and nah, fuck off to Darwin. Nah, and there's only a couple of exceptions <laughs> – if there's someone there just with their missus that can't back the car or someone with some kids, then there's nothing worse than being at the boat ramp and watching four full-grown grown men yeah. hold a rope of a boat and one bloke drive up, get the car, come down, winch it on, not let them do anything while he chokes up the whole ramp. It just pisses me to tears. That's the worst thing you can do. Like, that, it's car order. All right, there, there, there you go. Agree or disagree? <laughs> Anything to add? Obviously, you've it's got... It's got to be car preference, right? It's got to be the cars lining up at the top of the ramp. And I always explain it to everyone because I've been called a traffic... Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the boat ramp Nazi down at Tandabitty some afternoons and, you know, with people saying, you know, who are you? Do you, you know, you're the police around here. You're telling me <laughs> what to do. I said, no, I'm just trying to give you an insight of what works. It's simply because you can't fucking understand it. Yeah. <laughs> Right? You fucking you know, idiot! And that's how it goes. You know, I've knocked on windows and you know pulled people out of their cars and not in a nice way <laughs> to back their cars down from because they can't back it down. It's been ripped him out through the window <laughs> in a nice way. Gary it's got to be car head. preference. And my whole argument is this: it's afternoon, right, at a boat ramp. Most people are coming in to retrieve their boat out of the water. Yeah. Right. Old mate with his son wants to go catch a squid. Yeah. He wants to launch his boat. Yep. If every idiot is sitting on the ramp with their boat tied up, he cannot launch his, boat. his boat. But if yep. he goes car preference, he simply sits in the line with the rest of the car, yep. it all jostles through, and he gets to launch his boat. And then everyone says to me, well, what if I'm by myself? 
Yeah. I'm by myself every day. Yeah. I tie up to the outside of the jetty where there's no adjoining boat ramps so you don't block up the fucking ramp and you walk and get your car and you hop into the car preference line. Yep. Then you back down to an empty ramp, you go to your boat that's tied up on the opposite side of the ramp, whip it around, put it on the trailer. It's and, not hard. And it's the, that's the only way it has to go. And because of launching is why it has to be car order because then you've got both. And the argument, like you said, if you're by yourself, doesn't work because what if the bastard that's launching is by himself? That's right. If the guy's launch is by himself, he can hop in car preference and he pulls – I do it every morning. You launch your boat, you pull it out, and you park it off the boat ramp, right? Yep. On the outside of the jetty. Um, it can't be that hard. And I don't know why the Shire doesn't make up a fucking sign with the little arrows and say this ramp is car preference only. Do not yeah. bloke up the ramp. <laughs> Park your boat off the ramp. How hard is it? I strongly disagree. Oh, you just made an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, I do agree with it, but I was talking about doing sides. But put one on one side that says one thing and one on the other that says the other thing. <laughs> Just so I can go down and drink a carton while everyone punches on. Well, that's the same. Like at this Hillary's. Is car preference. <laughs> this is car preference. If you go to Hillary's, that gives me the shits too. Launch and retrieve. They've got a launch ramp and a retrieve ramp. You've only got half the ramps all the time. Where, like Josh said, in the morning it's predominant launch and in the Arvo it's predominant retrieve. Just put car preference and everyone's good to go. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think the reason why I started thinking about it as much as anything was uh, I think it was July school holidays. We had one where there was literally like four grown men on about, oh, there would have been eight or nine boats just all lined up and it was one trailer down at a time and that they were all on the boats, not on the ramp. Yeah. They were literally waiting till someone took yeah. one car down and then yeah, they, they pulled it up off. and then it was like 10 minutes for them to walk to the edge of the road to get their car and so I, I got dropped off and then you just see this fleet of people like, yeah. Running, then they yell at you, saying you're pushing in. Like, Wait yeah, a minute, we're just dropping someone off to get the car. Yeah, they they try they tried to block off Leewald with the boat. <laughs> they were yeah. yelling. Us. Yeah, they put one on each side, and then I had to drive through the middle to try and get you. Yeah. But you always make it. I got reported for ramming about five years ago. Did you? Did ramming you, is a thing. Did you actually not touch, a good thing? Like it sounds. Did you like. actually? Did you actually touch the boat? Touch another well, boat? It was more like a glance. <laughs> So Dimwit, right, comes and parks his boat, big plate aluminium ugly looking thing on the boat ramp, right? Leaves his squawking wife on there, right? And I'm already backing down the boat ramp. Yeah. So I've got empty yeah. trailer coming down. That, he comes and That's what happened it, to, to us. Right? Yeah. And I hop out. I said, mate, move your – you got to move your boat. I'm by myself. My boat's tied up on the outside of the jetty where it should be and I've got to put it on. He goes, mate, I've just tied up the boat. I said, yeah, easy. Just untie it. Move it off. I'll zip it around. It'll be 30 seconds. He goes, nah, move your boat and get a trailer. <laughs> I said, look, you know, and so we had an exchange of, of friendly words. And then um, I said, mate, just hold your ropes tight and I'll, I'll sneak around you. It was a big boat. It was, it was, a, it was a, bold, a bold move in 20 knots of southern southwester. So I've sneaked around and I've glanced his boat with Went my boat. Went a glance. Um, I've got a fiberglass boat, right? A nice yeah, shiny yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. You're more of a worry. Right? Yep. Yeah. So anyway, next day I got a phone call from the, the powers that be. 
Yeah. Saying that I've been reported for ramming. Ramming? Ramming. So it couldn't go any further because there was no hard physical proof. There was no damage to his boat or mine, um, but it's on my permanent record. Ramming oh, yes. I'm, I'm a rammer. <laughs> oh, well. And uh, this guy happens to live five doors down from me. Right? <laughs> oh, it's local fella. Oh, oh nice. Semi-local. Yeah, one of them. Anyway. Um, that's it, yeah. So, uh, rammer. Yeah. Be careful if you get to the boat ramp and you're in my way. Yeah, well, we, we had one I got one a record, day. man. I got a record, man. Yeah, I'm not worried about doing it again. I'll do time. <laughs> I had one at Tandabitty where it was um, a lot of boats hovering around and I think that was – and the trailer was in the water – and I heard this guy on another boat, he just goes, fuck this, and just pulled into the middle there yeah. to block it. And my trailer's already going in the water. So he's tied off to the jetty, so I've just gone in past him and he's fucking wife's up on the thing and they started yelling, stop, stop, and didn't touch their boat or nothing, put it on the trailer, clipped on, drove off, and they hadn't even got to their car yet. You I don't know what they were yelling, stop for. What they want me to, like, fuck. Yeah, I was in the car. Yeah. Because I was like... Yeah, because Squirly... Almost uh, stopped. I'm like, yeah. don't stop. Well, I, I thought someone had fallen, like, because Leewald was standing on the trailer. I thought he's fallen off the trailer and we Someone's killed him. Yelling stop. You yeah, because we were driving, we we're driving up the ramp when they're yelling stop. We were already hooked up on our way out, and we hadn't even touched the boat or nothing. We hadn't hindered anyone. Here's the question: like, <laughs> of all the all the reality shows that they've got on TV, right? With all the bullshit. Yep. Tension they have to make. How have they never filmed one at a boat ramp? Come yeah. up here in July. Easter weekend. Oh, you would make a killing. Like, we, we used to, after, like, whale sharking, if we got an early day, we'd come in on the tender and just sit there with a carton and just watch. It's the best show in the world. Should set the podcast up there one Easter. Yeah. yeah. You could interview guys who are not doing car preference. <laughs> oh. See, ask them what their reasoning is. Yeah. <laughs> Did no, you know you're doing this wrong, mate? No no offence to young bloods, but anyone who's got a young blood sticker on their car that I've seen try to reverse a, a boat cannot do it. I've seen six in a row. And it's always some bloke with his missus and you can tell she's looking at him like, I've made a mistake here. Like, <laughs> like you know, you said you were something different. This, yeah. this is not it. Get yourself a man that can back a trailer. Yeah. Ladies, I'm available. <laughs> That's all I'm bringing to the table. Yeah, do you have a young blood sticker on the car? Nah, I haven't not, got not it. yet. Maybe we get a free one sent to you. Yeah, well, after this, I can see that. <laughs> um, anyway, I don't know. Leewald, have you got any more questions to ask? No, nah, I think we've hit all the hard-hitting ones like the boat ramp. Yeah. Well, I've got, got the same one that I ask uh, everyone pretty much uh, on the show. What's your? Have you got a dream fish that you're chasing, um, whether it be marlin, sport fishing, Anyway, is, is there something, some big goal that you need, need to take? Um, it's going to sound terrible because they're not a big, exciting fish. Um, I've been onto the giant snakehead for the last few years. I've been fishing a lot in Thailand and Malaysia for giant yep. snakehead. Uh, again, a very technically hard species that live in you know, heavy cover. You need to throw light lures, use light tackle in some pretty nasty ground. And I've, I've caught over 100 of those in the last few years. So I've sort of really felt like I've ticked the box on those. Yep. Um, I had, I'm 40 this year, so I had a, a trip planned to Patagonia to tick off a 20-pound rainbow trout. 
yep. in the bottom of Patagonia there, which is sort of uh, bottom of South America, sort of good wine and beef country. So the idea was to go there and eat lots and drink more and, and catch some big fat trout at a place called Jurassic Lake. Um, oh, that's a right? good name for yeah, Monster Lake. Trout. And, and they feed you this, this you know, Argentinian beef and bottles of red wine and you literally stumble out of your lodge for 100 metres and then it's this windswept lake which is full of these monster fat rainbows, right? Yeah. So I thought, that's it, I'm doing it for my 40th. Anyway, COVID hits yeah. and uh, now I don't know, I think, I've, I think the wife bought a caravan instead. <laughs> um, so, yeah. A Once big, the world opens up, that's... Yeah, that's going to be on the list. A big a big 20-pound rainbow. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, it's, it's, and you know, I like a nice exotic location. Um, you know, it's, it's I enjoy travelling, good food, you know, good culture and, and, uh, and good fishing. Um, definitely sight casting. The billfish thing... I mean, we're so lucky to live here. Yeah. Um, I fish Hawaii and I fish Central America a lot. Um, you know, it's, we've got it just as good here. Yep. Um, you know, a grander black in the cans sort of style, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. it's got to be on my list. Um, but, yeah, and probably black bass as well. In oh, yeah. Here. Yeah, and a doggy on the surface. I sort of, of course, you know, where do I stop? Yeah. But yeah, yeah ba- well, that's stick it. Stick baiting a good dog tooth uh, on the surface. I've caught them on jigs up to about 35, 40 kilo. Yep. But it'd be nice to get sort of a 100-pounder on surface. So Yeah. Now, yeah. That, that, that's cool. I mean, even just mentioning the travelling to, to get that weird fish because yeah. uh, obviously I'm not right into the into the fishing side. I l- love it but not – so so my weird one is uh, New York. They've, they've got the uh, tailor there. They yeah, call them bluefish, blue yep. o- over 10 kilo. Spear, one of them doesn't have to be 10 kilo, but – just a spear one. Spear one and do a comedy show the same night in one of the yeah. clubs. That That's it. It's cold water in New York Harbour. Yeah. Oh, it's it. A yeah. couple of dead bodies float past and yeah. shoot a bluefish. But, cool. I, I mean, just one of them weird. They yeah. got them big striped bass there too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that that wouldn't be bad. I mean, the joke's right himself. Like, yeah. you spend a day in America, you shoot up a school of fish. <laughs> 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 and then do a comedy show. <laughs> I think uh, that joke's probably better when you get back home than in America. Yeah. <laughs> probably. No, no, it's better if you film it in America <laughs> and then show it in Australia if you survive. Yeah, yeah. your funeral. I um, was supposed to be catching striped bass in Vegas just before GameX this year. Oh, had shit. Had the invite to go to Vegas, had the flights booked, and we made the call not to go because of COVID. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. upsetting things. And if I went on that striped bass trip they call them stripers yep. and yep. they catch them right next to vegas funny in the yeah yeah dam. um so i thought what a great excuse to go to vegas you know like, <laughs> yes i'm going fishing darling like, <laughs> um so the so i missed out on that and if i went on that trip our plane on the way home actually got quarantined and i would have missed gamex yeah so it's a bit of a thing that i didn't go but the funny thing was when i was looking up striper fishing and when you put in google striper las vegas Stripers don't come up. <laughs> funny that. And the yeah. wife's like opened up my laptop and she's like, oh, I'm going to Vegas and you're looking up Striper Las Vegas and all <laughs> these stripper pages are there. Uh, uh, it was for the striped bass, I promise. I, I feel more bad for the people that can't spell stripper. <laughs> How many people? Book a fishing there? charter. Yeah. That's not bad, 150 bucks for half a day. <laughs> with, with Captain Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> this dude's kinky ass. Uh, anyway, I won't hold you any longer. Um, thanks for chumming up. No worries, um, mate. Thanks for having us. Yeah, and um, hopefully you do all the things you said and um, and 
enjoy the rest of your year. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank Cheers, guys. mate. See you. Hey, thanks for listening to tonight's episode. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe on your favourite podcasting network to Chumming Up. Uh, like us on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube. We are everywhere. Uh, thanks to Josh Brunzeel. Uh, make sure you follow On Strike Charters. They're doing amazing shit in the sport fishing industry. Uh, if you're looking for a comedy show, I am at Fringe World in Perth. Uh, Squally, heaps Aussie, get amongst it and enjoy your night.